so reading from uh, Philippians uh, chapter 1, 1 to 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in, uh, in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Thanks, Pete. Over to you, Wes. Hey, brilliant. Thanks, Joel. Thanks, everyone. Happy New Year. It's brilliant to be with you. I wonder how you're feeling about the year ahead. Maybe you're facing it with trepidation. The holidays are over. Our minds are full of the challenges and anxieties of home life and, and work life. COVID frustrations carrying on. Others of you, I guess, are maybe sprinting into this new year full of optimism, shoulders back, ready to meet the challenges head on. Anyone feeling like that? Maybe it's just Joel. But I wonder what, what you, how you would imagine a, a year where you always make the right decision. What kind of a year would that be where you always make the right decision? As you'd have discussed in your, in your little groups just now, we've all heard loads of advice, loads of crazy resolutions and ideas on how to make the most of a year ahead. De-stress, detox, declutter, choose to spend time with your family, work hard, eat properly. One of my favorites was the one I heard where it said you should stop and listen to, listen to birdsong as much as you can. Or I heard another one a couple of years ago saying, forget resolutions, dissolutions is what you need. Smoke, drink, eat as much as possible. That's the only way to get through the year ahead. But what will the best choices actually involve? And will those choices matter? I was listening to a, a history podcast yesterday on my bike and they mentioned a Roman general who in, on New Year's Day, AD 69, he chose to rebel against Caesar, the Caesar of the day. And that decision sparked an incredible year of turmoil in the Roman Empire. I think there were three or four different emperors who came and went in that one year. And then they also mentioned a, a decision a Byzantine general made on New Year's Day in 1068. Romanus Diogenes found himself having to make a decision about whether or not he should marry the previous emperor's widow. 
or whether he should join a monastery instead. Well, he chose to get married and therefore he became the emperor, but it didn't turn out too well for him. He only lasted three years. He lost a battle against the Turks, died a gruesome death. And historians say that that was a turning point in the Byzantine Empire. It was all downhill after that. But what about your choices over this coming year? Surely they won't be as momentous or as significant as that, or will they? We're going to look at that, that passage that just was just read, and put, well, particularly verses 9 to 11. The Apostle Paul is here telling the Christians in Philippi what it is that he is praying for them. Let's have a look at it again. Verse 9, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So let's have a think what it would mean for this prayer to be answered in our lives in 2022. And it'd be brilliant to hear your questions and observations afterwards. Now, I've broken the prayer down into three blocks here. I think you've got it on your, on your sheet as well. If we home in on the middle block there, where Paul is praying that the Philippians would approve what is excellent. Other translations put it as choose what is best. So if we want to be people who are making the right decisions in 2022, this is a brilliant prayer to be praying. But I guess we need to ask, what does Paul mean by excellent? What does it mean to approve what is excellent? Well, Paul often tells people what he is praying for them in his letters, and that's integral to the big thrust of his letters. So the rest of Philippians gives us an idea or helps us really understand what it means to approve what is excellent. And basically, Paul is praying that the Philippians would be Christ-like in their decisions. They would have priorities like Christ, and they would choose the kind of things that Christ would choose. If you can, it would obviously be brilliant to read the letter. But let me just give you a couple of examples that Paul gives us that show us what he has in mind. So immediately after this prayer, Paul tells us about his situation. He's in prison in Rome. He's got a number of other Christians trying to undermine him and stab him in the back. But despite those circumstances, he is rejoicing because more and more people are hearing about Jesus. So immediately that shows us a little bit of what it involves to be someone who approves what is excellent. It means to be somebody who rejoices in people coming to know Christ and hear about him. Then later on in, in chapter one, he says, with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honoured in my body, whether by life or by death. That's Paul's ambition. To live is Christ, he says. So he is somebody who is modelling what it looks like to approve what is excellent. He is somebody who sees his life as an opportunity to serve Jesus and become more like Jesus. His whole ambitions, all of his decisions revolve around becoming more like Christ himself, helping others, other Christians know Christ, and helping people who are not Christians come to know Christ. And he wants the Philippians to have the same, same kind of outlook as him. So a bit later in chapter 2, verse 5, he says this, have this mind among yourselves, 
which is yours in Christ Jesus. So have the same way of thinking. To approve what is excellent is to think like Christ. It's to have the eternal good of others in mind, to follow, to follow the pattern that Jesus gave us, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So to approve what is excellent is to think, how can I serve others? How can I help other people know Christ? And then he goes on he, through the letter, he gives us practical examples of what that looks like. He talks about people praying for the advance of the gospel. He talks about Christians working together, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel so that more and more people hear the gospel, Christians working together. Another little bit of historical trivia for you. Philippi was named after Philip of Macedon II, who was the dad of Alexander the Great. And one of the things he was famous for, Philip of Macedon was famous for the phalanx, this kind of wall of soldiers who had a particularly special type of spear and they would work together and it was a really effective way of fighting and obviously Philippi in Paul's day was famous for having Roman soldiers knocking around they were obviously famous for their shield walls and Paul uses that image to describe the Christian life you're not standing alone you're working together with other Christians to defend the gospel and help more and more people hear the gospel he then gives examples later of Timothy and Epaphroditus individuals who serve others who put others before themselves who sacrifice their own rights and comforts to help others come to know the Lord and then at the end of the letter he commends that the Philippians for giving sacrificially to the gospel and says actually you, you may be poor but you've done the right thing you've made an excellent choice so if we're to follow the example of Philippians what does it look like to live a life in 2022 where we've approved what is excellent well it's not about primarily choosing to eat lots of fennel or locally sourced avocados or use pedal powered airplanes to save the environment. It won't even be prioritizing avoiding COVID or prioritizing the, the education of our kids or our careers, but it will be to prioritize what Christ prioritizes, to pray for his agenda, to seek to live a pure life in line with the gospel, to partner with other Christians, to help more and more people hear about Christ to get behind the spread of the gospel with our pounds, to, to back it financially. That is what it looks like to approve what is excellent. But I wonder how that strikes you. I was in a little discussion group with someone yesterday, and they very candidly said, Wes, I really don't want to do this. This is, sounds really tough. This is counter to my normal ambitions. And I know that the Philippians had a really tough time. They were stuck in this Roman colony. They really stood out. They were opposed. They suffered for this. And Paul says that, that himself. It's been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. And I really resonated with what that person said. I, I think, yeah, I can see that these, these are excellent choices in theory, but I really need some encouragement to make them myself. So let's go back to, to the prayer and see 
why Paul is praying this in that third box there. Paul is praying that the Philippians would approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, so the glory and praise of God. So why approve what is excellent? Because it leads to sharing in the benefits, the fruit that Christ has won. He wants the Philippians to share in Christ's righteousness and also enjoy the fruit that comes through engaging in Christ's work. And this is really wonderful, I think. It shows us that Paul is not laying burdens on the Philippians or just praying that they do more and more. He wants them to make gospel choices because it will benefit them. They will have this wonderful, incredible joy of benefiting in what, in this fruit on the day of Christ. Through God's grace, they will share in what God, God is doing in the world. They can be a part of that. So the filled, being filled with the fruit of righteousness, it's a kind of harvest image, I guess. Imagine a trailer load of, of full of apples or full of potatoes. He wants them spiritually to be like that too. On, when they reach, reach the end, when they're there on the day of Christ, to not just have scraped in, but to be filled with the fruit of righteousness, to have that joy of knowing that they've been a part of something that is, has real eternal, eternal benefits. They're there with lots of people who have benefited from hearing the gospel and have come to enjoy eternity. I guess often we so often fall into thinking, living the Christian life, getting behind the spread of, the, of Jesus's message, that's hard work, it's drudgery, it's difficult. And it is, it is hard at times, it does involve suffering. But Paul wants the Philippians to do it because he loves them and he wants, he wants them to enjoy the fruit that is there on the last day. And he says, he shows this in himself and his own ambitions. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. He realizes that God has left him on the planet to have this opportunity to engage in fruitful labor, to engage in things that will last for eternity. And I guess when we stop and think about it, that's true, isn't it? What could be more wonderful than helping people come to know Christ, come to be part of his kingdom to enjoy an eternity with him forever. But I guess the question is, do we have this final day focus? It really helps, doesn't it, to, to look forward to this end day. So often we're filled with a short-term short -term goals. We think about how people think of us now. We think about our annual reviews. We think about our holidays, our retirement. But Paul... Paul's focus comes from knowing what's going to happen on this final day. And I guess we've got to remember that this is the one certain thing. We, not, we don't know what's going to happen in 2022. I guess Man City probably will win the title, but it's not certain. Maybe Boris will resign. Maybe he won't. But it is certain that Jesus will come back one day. And then on that day, we'll have really real clarity on what really matters, what's a real value. We won't be on that day thinking, oh, I wish I'd spent more time plugging away at the DIY or working in the office. We will know what really counts, what really lasts for eternity. 
there was a bloke on the BBC website yesterday who said he makes his business decisions by thinking about being on his deathbed and thinking what will really matter when I'm on my deathbed. And I guess that's quite a good, quite a good way of thinking. It brings a bit of perspective, but even better would be to just go a little bit beyond that and to think actually what comes next, what's going to really matter from the perspective of eternity. My goals this year, I'm hoping to get a bit better at grammar and a bit get on top of my filing. I'm that kind of exciting sort of individual. But really, that's not really gonna, gonna count for anything on this final day. What I've done in the garden, how I've performed on the career ladder won't really matter. But standing there with people who I've had the privilege of encouraging to follow Christ, that will really matter. Those, think back about those examples I gave, those decisions that those Roman generals had made. They seemed like massive decisions that had a massive impact but actually they only impacted this life. The decisions that, that you and I make for Christ, they will impact eternity. At the end of 2022, there's, there'll be, as usual, the TV companies will show footage of the important events of the year. But what will be, the, what will be in the footage that's shown on that final day from 2022? It won't be any, it won't really be the scientific discoveries, whatever they are, it won't be Elon Musk landing on Pluto or Boris Johnson resigning, whatever happens on the Ukraine border, that won't make the, the, the footage real on the final day. What will, what will be shown will be Mark Cooper praying for, for his colleagues. It'll be Joel fighting for godliness. It will be Christians in Covent Garden looking to, to make Jesus known. That's what will be shown. That's what will have an impact on that final day. And Paul wants this for every believer, even at the end of the letter. I don't know if you remember, he, he talks about Yodie and Syntyche, two women who seem to, have, for whatever reason, they seem to have perhaps had an argument. They seem to be stepping back from getting behind the gospel. And I've always, I always thought it was a bit harsh that Paul mentions them by name. But he does it because he wants them to get back into living the gospel life, to be making decisions that are, are excellent ones. Not because he he's, wants to beat them up, but because he, wants, he doesn't want them to miss out. He doesn't want them to miss out on the fruit that can be theirs. He wants them to engage in fruitful labor that will last because he loves them, because he knows what is best for them. So this is why it's worth it. Making excellent choices will last into eternity. But how do we do this? I guess if you're like me, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm persuaded, but it still seems tough. How do I grow in being like this? Well, again, let's go back to the, the start of the prayer now. We perhaps should have done it in order, but the start of the prayer, Paul prays, he's praying that their love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that they may approve what is excellent. And it's really striking is he doesn't pray that they follow a whole list of instructions or doesn't give them a whole load of targets to meet. He's praying that their love would grow. He's not saying, look, this is how many times you need to share the gospel. This is how many churches you need to plant around Greece. He's praying that their love would grow. He's, he's just talked about how he loves them with the love of Christ, and he wants their love to grow in the same, in the same way. So I wonder if you can see how this works. As as a person grows in their 
understanding of who Christ is, their knowledge of him, they will love him more. They will know what really matters. They will be able to decide what's really important. They will be able to make choices that are the right choices. And I think you can see that, can't you? When you think of people who live for the Lord Jesus, make difficult decisions to follow him, to make him known, whether thinking of a guy who's keeps plugging away with his colleagues, even though he gets rejected, even though he gets sick for it at work, he keeps plugging away, putting on opportunities for them to hear about Christ. He keeps offering to read the Bible, or I can think of a lady who keeps turning up to pray, keeps coming week by week to, to bring her colleagues before the Lord in prayer. Why do they do that? Because they know the Lord, they, are, they know who he is, and that has produced a love for him and a love for others because they see how, how good Christ is and that's produced that love. So I wonder if you want to pray, pray this prayer. It's a big prayer. It will, it'll have radical implications for us if, if this prayer is answered in our lives. But it's a wonderful, a wonderful prayer for 2022. Let me close by, by praying it. For us, and that'd be great to hear your thoughts and any questions that you've got. Our Heavenly Father, we pray that you would cause our love to abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, knowledge of the Lord Jesus, so that we may be those who approve what is excellent, we choose what is best, so that we are pure and blameless for the day of Christ, trusting in him, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through him to your glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.